welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I am Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If you want to listen to that on the reg, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on Apple or Spotify. When you get there, great review, but most importantly, subscribe. And if you do subscribe, you won't miss our shows when we drop them on Mondays. And speaking of Mondays, it is one right now at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, we are live on YouTube at the A to Z Sports Nashville YouTube channel. Uh, wait, it's not. <laughs> I completely skipped over. I was just reading my thing. It's not Monday, is it? We waited till Wednesday because it's National Science. We want to talk about National Signing Day, but normally it is on uh, it is uh, on a Monday, and so that's when the show normally is at 7 p.m. And uh, if you just hit that notification bell, whenever we go live, you'll be notified uh, on YouTube, and then you can come hang out and comment on the show and be a part of the show, and it's a lot of fun. We love interacting with everybody. It's a good time every single week. At Charlie at Charlie underscore Burris at Zach TNT at A to Z Sports A to Z Facebook.com slash A to Z sports and A to Z sports.com for everything that Zach writes on the internet. Oh boy. As I mentioned, it is not Monday. It is Wednesday. And it was national signing day. Um, I mean, there's really no point in technically early signing day, I guess, but it's really not anymore. This is national signing day. Yeah, there is another one. But that one, that one has lost all of its life, which is a real shame because it used to be a lot of fun. Um, but still, this one was pretty, pretty wild. It's not over yet, actually. We got some pretty interesting storylines still hanging out there. Um, but I think Tennessee's day is more or less wrapped up, and there's a ton to talk about. Zach, what's up, man? It ended up uh, being a little more compelling today than we than we kind of expected with more storylines and you know the bulk of the work is done in this class and it's done weeks before signing day ever gets here so much like you said it's so different than it used to be uh and i still prefer it the old way because it kind of all hits on one day and you really you really have a lot of drama but there's uh there's some drama this this year especially with some rival sec programs lots of moving and shaking the nil factor of course always you know plays a factor in these decisions and then transfer portal stuff still going on at the same time. It seems like uh, you have like the 24 seven sports transfer tracker alert, uh, like tweet alert set up on my phone. And that thing goes off all day, every day. And it has since the beginning of December and it still is. So it's uh, a lot still going on right now. There really is a, a ton to talk about. Obviously we're going to break down what happened with Tennessee, with recruiting and the transfer portal at this point, because that's, that's one of the interesting things of this day and what it's become. They tweet out like they always have, at least since the invention of, you know, what Twitter is now. Um, they tweet out every recruit, this person signed, this person signed, this person signed. And uh, they start, they've start. they started doing uh, transfers too. And Tennessee got a commit from a transfer this morning, a pretty good one, one that I think should be valuable for them. Regardless, we'll discuss it all. It's going to be the transfer portal. It's going to be recruiting. It's going to be maybe who's going to be Tennessee's quarterback in the bowl game. Um, a little interesting topic and some stuff to cover there. And then maybe a little basketball to wrap up the show at the end of the hour. 
Uh, we'll discuss it all, and we'll start right after I tell you about the great folks at Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans have been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years. Much has changed in Tennessee over the years, but some has stayed the same. Farm Bureau Health Plans has always valued personal relationships, especially when it comes to good health and good service. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for health, dental, and vision for better coverage, better rates, and better service. Go to fbhp.com slash ATOZ or walk into one of their 200-plus locations across the state of Tennessee. That is fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Farm Bureau Health Plans. Shout out to them for supporting the show. And let's get to it. So today, I, I don't know that, but maybe if you could find just like a list, do you have a list of all of the, the commits that happened today? I mean, we can go through, they're all on Twitter, they're, they're wherever, uh, but everybody that's signed, you know, we can go through and list every single one, but I think the conversation that's really worth having is not just saying, here's who everybody got. It's just looking at where Tennessee is essentially going to finish with this class because the speculation was, will it be top 15? Will it be top 20? Will it potentially be top 10? Tennessee was kind of right in that range. I believe started the day at number 14. I want to say the last time I looked, did they rise to number 11? That's, that's what they are right now. They're at okay. 11, ju- just ahead of LSU, still, still a little ways behind Florida State uh, for that number 10 spot. But there are, you know, there's still a few things that could happen that perhaps they, they get into that top 10, but they're right there in that top 10-ish area with Florida State, Oklahoma, LSU, Clemson. They're in that range right there. Not yeah, bad they, company. No, definitely not. Uh, I think the the first thing to point out is, is that there were no huge surprises or anything like that. Either way, there were no big losses, no big flips. You, you had some teams get hammered by flips. Uh, Florida being primary among them. I mean, my goodness, they dropped from fourth number four to like number 15 just brutal dropped like a rock and i'll say man you you hate to see that don't you oh that's that's tough oh man uh and but they they did they kept their best guy though they kept lagway so congratulations there i guess (laughs) but uh otherwise yeah not a ton of surprises but i'll i'll just throw it to you zach uh to start things off your thoughts on on the day? How how do you think uh, Tennessee did? Yeah, I mean, like we said, a lot of the drama had already taken place. I think in the last couple of days, the, the last time we talked, I was a little more down on the recruiting stuff. And there's there's still some misses in this class. You know, there there are guys that Tennessee wanted that they didn't get. There are guys that they tried really hard to get. Jordan Seaton, for example, and who knows what's you know that situation's still evolving. I guess it's still possible he could end up at Tennessee at this point. I don't think anybody really knows what to expect. He's kind of went silent. It seems like could be Maryland. You know, you're kind of hearing now might still end up at Colorado. Who knows? Uh, I know uh, the guys from On Three. You know, said he confirmed that Tennessee finished second to Colorado. So Tennessee was right there earlier this month, but that's, that's a roller coaster. You do, you do somehow get him and that makes the class look a lot different, but that's one of those where you can't really fault Tennessee for not getting that guy. I know we've kind of talked about that before, but they, they went and did whatever they could to try to get that guy, you know, reports of seven figure NIL deals being thrown out there. But outside of that whole situation, this is like, Average player rating, it's the best that Tennessee's had, you know, going back to the Philip Fomer era. So the quality of player 
you know, it's like a 91, a little bit over 91 is the average player rating in this class. I think when in the, uh, I have to go back and look to make sure, but when Butch Jones had that top 15 class in 20 or top five class in 2015, the average player rating was like 85 or 86. It was just, wow. Propped, it was propped up by, uh, let me find that for sure, just to make sure. But it was propped up by the fact that that was before you kind of had the limit on how many you could sign. And they had all that gray shirt, blue shirt kind of madness going on where you could, finagle the numbers a little bit but they had i don't know like 30 commits in that class that that made that class look a little better than it really was here i got it uh yeah there were some great players in that class with camara but it just finished third overall and the average player rating was 89 so not quite as low but not as impressive yeah not as impressive as what you know hypo has in this class You've got some real difference makers in this class. I mean, a Mike Matthews, the highest rated wide receiver Tennessee signed. Uh, Boo Carter, obviously, who everybody's excited about, especially after hearing Josh Heupel talk about him today. You know, he's been on campus three or four days, and it sounds like he's already wowed them a little bit. Uh, last week at Boo Carter's uh, kind of signing ceremony he had because he wasn't going to be able to have one because he's been going through bowl game practices this week. He's, he mentioned that the defense he played in in high school was very similar to Tennessee's, so he's already kind of comfortable in that style of steam. Just the terminology is a bit different. So going through those practices, spring practice, I mean, we'll see how it shakes out. I know Tennessee doesn't really have a reputation for playing safeties young right now, but maybe he gets on the field as a true freshman. Definitely is going to be a factor in the return game, it sounds like. You know, Heupel called him kind of a natural returner there. And other programs, I mean, Colorado, it wasn't just Colorado. They really went hard after him. Like, I think Boo Carter's one of those guys that when it's all said and done, it's going to be like, how how was this guy not a five-star talent? Is it the size wasn't quite what they wanted it to be, maybe? Because he's not your, your, your 6'2 prospect. Whatever the case is, uh, programs really wanted him. And Tennessee had to work really hard to hold off those other programs. So... You, you want to get down about some misses here and there that Heupel and the staff had, you've got to give them credit for managing to hold on to Boo Carter. And his teammate, too, Marcus Gore, that's going to come in and play cornerback, has you know ideal length for a corner. I think he might be a little underrated, too. A uh, couple of really nice pickups there, in-state pickups that can really help this team. So, yeah, you, know, you got Jordan Ross, obviously, could be a premier edge rusher. 24-7 sports kind of compared him to a Brian Burns type. If you can get that type of mm. you know talent there, that's uh that's what you gotta have to win in the SEC. That's kind of what you're seeing from James Pierce. So you just kind of have another one of those in the pipeline. You know, Bennett Warren coming in could be a you know future NFL draft pick at offensive tackle. So you've got some really good talent coming in, developmental talent. Uh Tennessee's gonna have to keep them on campus for the next three years. I mean, that's another story in its own. We'll see how many of these players stay throughout this class. But so far, you know, Tennessee's trying to build more through high school recruiting than through the transfer portal. They're, they've been able to do that for the most part so far. It's still early in Heupel's tenure. He's still kind of, I mean, this is his fourth season, so he's really just going through his first kind of full cycle of, of a four-year kind of span at this program. But they aren't, lo- I mean, they lost, yeah, they lost some secondary guys that, yeah, you'd like to have them for depth, but at the same time, we complained about those guys all season long, so you can't really complain about them leaving. I think Tyler Barron is the only real huge loss that 
and, and you got guys to replace Barron. You got the talent there, but Tyler Barron is an NFL type talent. I'm not going to say he's going to go be a pro bowler or anything like that, but he'll be in an NFL roster. He'll be in a rotation somewhere. It's a guy that would have helped Tennessee in, in 2024. But outside of that, you were able to keep the guys you wanted to keep. So we'll see how this strategy plays out for Heupel. It's clear that, you know, there's kind of a line drawn, drawn in the sand right now. And Lane Kiffin's on one side of it, trying to go all out in the portal and seeing how that works. Heupel's kind of on the other side of it. Like, we're going to get the guys that fit this program that we believe in, that we've evaluated, that we've spent time building these relationships with, that fit into our culture. Not guys that we've known for 10 minutes that we're saying, you know, come over here and we'll give you a million dollars to play for one season. We'll see which approach works works the best. I mean, it's, it's going to play out on the field one way or the other. So I, I applaud Hypel for trying to build it this way. I hope it works out. You know, I think it is the best way to kind of build a program like this and supplement it through the portal. And, and Tennessee's got some really nice portal additions to make a couple more too. I think the, the pickup from Oregon State, uh, Jermon McCoy is going to be a super, super underrated pickup. Yeah. Played a lot as a true freshman, had a couple of interceptions. It's hard to get on the field as a cornerback, as a true freshman at any program. So I, I think that's a huge pickup. So it's I, I'm not quite as down on, on all of this as I was, you know, a week and a half ago. Yeah, it's kind of two conversations to me. One that's more of the just acute view of this class. Like, what do I think of the class? Take away any real context that's surrounding it. And I think the class is pretty good. I I really like some of the dudes that they're coming in for, you know, a lot of the reasons that you're saying there. I think Mike Matthews, Braylon Staley both have uh, the, the potential to be dogs. Mike Matthews, I mean, he he looks like a guy that you look at him and you go like, yeah, that's a future NFL player. Side Luke note Carter. real quick on, because you mentioned Braylon Staley, that one I think uh, annoyed Shane Beamer quite a bit. That was the, Number God, one receiver like, in the state of South Carolina. I think somebody said he made a comment today about like we got the number one wide receiver in the state or something. So it's <laughs> that one's eating away at him. So just you know, even better there. Kind of a side note. Yeah, I I I love that obviously because uh, Beamer can screw off. Uh, and and yeah, I know they they tried to make a late push according to reports for Braylon Staley, and and he still chose to come to Tennessee. That's great. Um. Jake Merklinger, I think he he has the potential to be a solid quarterback. Some of these O-line recruits uh, look pretty good. Anderson, Satterwhite, and you just you go down the list. Like there, there's some some talent here. Of course, I, I think the one that a lot of people look at defensively, Jordan Ross. Looks like he could be an absolute dog uh, with the coaching from Rodney Garner. You know, th- there's dudes in, in this class, no doubt about it. Um, and and that's g- like genuinely. I'm not setting this up to try to, to rain on the parade. It, it really is a set of players um, that, that I'm that I'm pretty excited about to see. And, and we'll talk about the, the portal in a, in a second. And I would agree that you need more portal players. And, and we can go into depth uh, there in just a minute. But I, I like the guys that they picked up so far. Um, and so you can look at it in that acute sense and say that there's some real dudes here. That's awesome. And then you back out and you discuss the context and it becomes a little murkier. And, and I, I I'm not, I'm not here to be negative. I, I seriously am not. Cause I, I went on Twitter last night and I spoke my mind. <laughs> and, no, nothing good ever comes from, I went on Twitter last night when the sentence. <laughs> yeah. Just don't do it. That way. Don't tweet. 
Don't that's that's the real key. No, don't ever go on Twitter. Went on Twitter last night and and uh, you, you had uh, a three three star recruit chose Mizzou over Tennessee, and and I just tweeted out the amount of losses that Josh Heupel has taken in this recruiting cycle is concerning. You have to have more dudes to play at an elite level long term. That that's all all I said, and and you know. You could always, you know, be better off by having more context on Twitter. It's so short that you can't add everything that you need to say around it. The the thing that I think would have made some some people, you know, less uh, less annoyed with it was if if I could have just said uh, the the amount of losses that Tennessee has had, and I'm not talking about just, I'm not talking just about this one tonight. A lot of people were like, you're getting mad over a three-star player that Tennessee didn't even want a month ago going to Missouri. No, 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 no. Stop. First of all, you know that's not what I'm saying. You know that. They know that. The people that are saying that, they know that's not what I'm saying. I'm I'm going, I actually, I tried to go back and remember uh, a list of some of the players. I'm talking about the, the, the kid last night, sure, I, but, you know, take it or leave it. He would have been a, a nice addition since Sabah is the kid's name. Yeah. He would have been nice. Um, I'm not, like, particularly upset. But you look back, Cam Michael, Jordan Seaton, who we did a whole uh, thing on here, uh, Camarion Franklin, Williams Winery, Cameron Fountain. Like, there's a Ryan whole— Wingo. <laughs> Ryan Wingo. Ryan yeah, a whole set of dudes that Tennessee put a lot of resources— towards trying to get like really tried hard. This wasn't like, Oh, we didn't really want him. Uh, and so he didn't No, they really tried for some of these kids and they just kept coming in second and coming in second and coming in second and coming in second and, and not winning out. They did win out on some guys. Boo Carter. Great. Mike Matthews. Great. Jason Dyer says in the comments here, Kai Bates says another one that they missed out yeah. on. Um, you know, they, and it was just miss after miss after miss after miss after miss after miss after miss. And why? And, and you look at some of the things that happened afterwards. This wasn't this wasn't exactly the same, but they lose Jonathan Nichols last week, and they turn around and have to sign a guy uh, who's, who's just a, a three star. And you kind of look and you go like, ah, yeah, that's a Nichols replacement for sure. Yeah, that's what that and was. I don't. I I don't. I I look at it, and you know, a lot of people are like, oh, they weren't begging him to stay. Well, they didn't have anybody lined up right behind him. Clearly. Yeah, they weren't. I mean, they were going to sign him. They were, and and they lost him to the old offensive coordinator. <laughs> and so I look at that and I, like I said, it's two conversations. I like this class and I like the dudes in it. Th- there's some real talent here. Also, there's a concerning element here. It is both. And I don't think that you can have this full conversation without pointing out both of those things. And and that's why I said last night, I, I tweeted this this out uh, with, with this gif. <laughs> I said, oh. <laughs> that was me last night. <laughs> Why are you booing me? I'm right. This is concerning. I, I what do you, what do you want me to say? Like it's it, it is a good class, and there's a concerning element here because the and I I'll I want to know your your thoughts on this, Zach. The I, thing that I think this is my theory. I, I this this staff coaching staff just does not have a lot of dog recruiters on it. It just doesn't. I, I don't think and may, maybe you can you could criticize the NIL too, but I don't we don't know enough about the behind the scenes of the NIL to speak definitively about that. I don't think. Uh, but I mean, you 
you could question them too and, and ask, you know, what exactly is going on there and the way that they work with the staff and things like that. But I recruiting is just 24, seven, 365. You got to be an absolute, just down dirty dog working constantly in the mud. And, and I don't, I don't know that I see that with this staff. All uh, Maybe some dudes, but definitely not a lot of them. Yeah. I think, I think it's, multiple things at play. I don't think it's just one thing that you can point at. I, I do think what you're saying is right. I know I, I have heard firsthand that there are some people, you know, on this staff that don't recruit quite as hard as they should have, like, or they should, or they feel like they could, or others feel like they could. We've heard that. I've heard it. Feel pretty confident that that is part of some of, some of the issues. There's also some of the NIL stuff. I think the way this staff or Josh Heupel wants to build these recruiting classes, he probably, you know, with the culture being so important, it's hard for them to go land a recruit that plays a position that somebody else on your team plays and you're going to pay them more than that guy's making. And then then you got to pay that guy more and it just devolves into this whole, you know, messy thing. I think that's part of it. I don't think that's all of it. I don't think that's every situation. I think it is kind of each each case is its own you know situation and i think that is a factor in it i think they're you know trying to recruit the guys to this culture that are that are going to stick around for several years because i think with recruiting we're gonna have to look at these classes so much differently than we used to uh even though tennessee fans kind of a head start on this because some of those butch jones classes that would fall apart over a couple of years but you've got to look at okay this is what this class was in December of 2023 now in the fall of 2025 and 2026 when most of these guys are supposed to be in their prom really contributing how many of them are still here and that that's when you can really judge who who signed I mean the stars and all that yeah you've got to sign four star and five star guys we've seen time and time again that that does equal championships the more four and five star players you have the more likely you are to have some studs the the more likely you are to win games. That's definitely part of the formula. But now part of that formula is keeping those guys. And and do they actually ever make an impact for you? I mean, everybody was excited when Addison Nichols signed, you know, year before last, whenever, never made an impact. All that excitement. I'm sure we talked about him on this podcast, you know, wh- what he could be for Tennessee. Never panned out. Not, not, none, none of that panned out. That, that player was, it was, it's almost like a wasted spot. And that's not his fault. It's not staff's fault. That's just how it goes in recruiting. Sometimes you have hits, you have misses, whatever the case. So I think that's part of it. Is it, it? It takes a little bit longer to evaluate these classes, and especially the way Tennessee's trying to build it, where that's kind of factored into the way they're putting these classes together. But I do think you've got to go land some of those windows and and Winaries and Kai Bates. Cam Michael, like you've got to win your fair share of those battles somehow, some way. I mean, if Jordan Seat's committing to Colorado and he's turning down this money from Tennessee, I don't care if it's Deion Sanders. I don't care who it is. Plenty of people went head to head with Deion and won out. Tennessee did it with Boo Carter. You've got to be better building that relationship somehow, right. some way. Clearly, that was the determining factor there. So that is, I think, part of the factor. And, and some of these recruiting losses is the relationships and the, you know, like you said, just having dogs that, that want to go out there and do it 24 seven. It's a tough job, but if you want to stick around in the sec, you have to do it. Like Heupel said today, the footprint of the sec, it's, 
it's still so small. It's so regional for the most part. Yeah, you're getting some guys nationwide, but the bulk of these players are coming from the Southeast, and you've got to go up against Kirby Smart. You've got to go up against Nick Saban, now Brian Kelly. Florida, no matter who's there, seems to get four- and five-star guys. Like, you have to – Auburn with Hugh Freeze now, whatever voodoo he puts on commits or players that make him want to go play for him, I don't know. Ugh. Lane Kiffin, like, you've got to be able to, to outwork those guys. And I, I do think that there's a little bit of that that's lacking. I just looked – I mean, there's so much of this to kind of unpack, but I just look at, like, the Georgia game this year. That talent gap, and we talked about it at length, that talent gap's just huge. They embarrassed you on your own home field, and it was because their team is filled with five-star players, and yours is not. And that, I, you know, in response to that tweet last night, a lot of Tennessee fans said, oh, well, this is the the highest average player rating that Tennessee has had in a recruiting class in like 15 years, I think somebody was saying. I, I didn't fact check it. I, it is. I'll, I'll take them out the word. Yeah, so there you go. Um, But I would say this. These are the teams that have a higher average player rating, some by a pretty significant amount, than Tennessee this year. Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Auburn, Texas A&M, Florida, Notre Dame, Oregon, Florida State. And then South Carolina is pulling up just right behind you. They're they're next in line to Tennessee there, and Oklahoma is next behind them. Like you're you're not closing that gap talent wise with this class. It's at some positions, Jordan Ross on that edge, eh, he's true true five star. I think he's going to be a really an excellent excellent player. Mike Matthews, true five star. But you go down that list and. And it is just a fact. Those teams that recruit at that elite level with that that really high level set of dudes, they win those national championships. Period. End of story. I wish that isn't that wasn't how it was. Of course, I wish I wish it was like college basketball where you get a lot more underdogs. Personally, to me, I like that a lot more. It's a lot more compelling. But that's not how it is. Those elite teams win, and so when you clock in a recruiting class where you struck out on all of these dudes. I mean, we just listed them. It's got to be close to 10, if not more than 10 dudes that you really worked hard on. And every single one of them, you came in second. Like that's, that just can't be the way that it is. If you want to close that talent gap and and be at that national championship level. Sure. I I think we've said it like this in weeks past with the 12 team playoff. You're probably going to be good enough in some of these years to make that 12 team playoff. And that's fun, and that's great. You'll probably win 10 games, uh, hopefully 11, you know, maybe something like that. And then you'll make it to the playoff and you lose in the first round because you're not as good as those elite teams. You didn't close that talent gap. And and that's, you know, yeah, you're the top half of the SEC. You're you're still ranked higher than, than South Carolina and, and all. I mean, even Oklahoma this year. Um, and, but... When the rubber truly meets the road, you are not in in a significant, in a material way, closing that talent gap. And that that's just concerning to me. I don't know. I don't know another way to frame it. Again, good class with some really fun guys in it. 
this this element cannot just be skipped over because it's so meaningful. It really is. Like it this is just like I I look at the way that Hypo coaches where he can really get dudes, especially when he gets a good quarterback, clearly he can really take teams to another level and, and potentially make them better than they probably should be. Just think if you could get elite guys seriously. And and I guess it's it's disappointing in that you look at going 10 and or 11 and 2, 11 and 2. And you had so much momentum and you beat Alabama and you did all this stuff. And you came in second for all of those guys. And you're losing to those. That's who you're losing to. Your Georgias, your Alabamas. This year, Missouri. Why, why are you losing to Missouri in recruiting? What are you doing? Why are we losing to Missouri in recruiting? What? Who's? I don't know who's behind that, whose fault that is. Stop. None of that. No losing to Missouri in recruiting. That's ridiculous. So, I don't know. Again, I don't mean, I seriously don't mean to be negative. But... <laughs> That's it's, it's just part of the conversation is what it is. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a complex, complex conversation where you've got you've got some good things like we hit on at the beginning, some some good players that you've signed, some difference makers, a lot of guys you missed on. There's just so much at play, but ultimately, yeah, you do have to have better players than everybody else. Like that's the only way you're going to win a championship. That's what would have beat Georgia. In 2022 in Athens, if if you had a better roster than they did, uh, maybe it prevents the collapse of South Carolina. Uh, you you've just it is the the biggest thing. We do have a, a recent update on Jordan Seaton. I saw some comments asking oh. about Jordan Seaton. So his uncle has apparently told on three director of recruiting Chad Simmons that he will not sign his in a, in a national letter of intent today, which we kind of. Maybe it's you know, ah. 7.30 Eastern, kind of figured it was trending that way. Says that Maryland and Tennessee are among the schools who have been in contact with Seton today on National Signing Really? So, oh, that's interesting. Tennessee, you know, Tennessee's still pushing there. Maybe they've heard, maybe they saw your tweets last night and they thought, well, maybe we should, we should get this guy to stop tweeting about this <laughs> and go land a five-star here. I don't know. Uh, but I- clearly the ship has not sailed there for Jordan Seaton. I don't think there's uh he turned our deal down. We're not going to get back in the mix with him. And we'll see. I mean, Maryland, that's, you know, he's he's from the Washington DC area. The pool there would be to to go play, you know, close to home. There was a receiver several years ago from like uh that Alabama and, and Georgia and that was after that ended up at Maryland. Who was that? Rakeem I don't know. something. I don't know, maybe somebody will know, but that it's not all, every now and then they'll they'll kind of pull one of those guys. So Mike Loxley's a good recruiter. Maryland's not a very good football team though. So that's that's one you you would hate to lose to Maryland or Colorado in any other context. But Florida, Ohio State, Alabama, they all struck out with Seton as well. So you're you're in the mix there at least. Yeah, that that's that's interesting. Um, I mean, he and, and he's, look, we all saw that coming, right? Like before oh. he even. Uh, committed to Colorado like two days before that there was a report from I think it was 24-7 said wherever he commits to this week that's not really where we expect him to sign and they didn't even think he was going to commit to Colorado at that point so I think people that have followed this recruitment been in contact with him the family kind of you know been on the ground with this recruitment 
saw a lot of this coming. I mean, we all thought it was so weird. Just like the the entire thing has been really strange with him. I, mean, I think he's clearly, I don't know what the right word is there, head, head case. He's he's definitely a Easily bit of an attention. Swayed, maybe. Attention yeah, seeker. Attention. E- easily swayed. Like an impressionable, maybe. Well, I, that, that whole deal was definitely Deion Sanders. Like, hey, Michael Irvin, yeah. you know, old teammate, let's get him on undisputed or, or whatever show he was on and, and commit live on TV. It definitely pulled some strings there and all that came together pretty quickly. Who knows? We will see, but it's not going to be today. So <laughs> that's, uh, I, whew, yeah. And I don't okay. know why. I mean, look, you've got till February. You can, you can drag this out another two months. And if you're him, mm-hmm. I mean, that could have, who knows how many more twists and turns if you give it another two months or a month and a half, uh, Sure. I don't know why you'd be in a hurry to make that decision right now. Anyway, if you're if you're the least bit undecided and you're a five star, nobody's turning you down. I mean, they'll make room. You're you'll have a spot somewhere. You can. I mean, he you can wait a bit. He he is the type of talent when when you look at it, where you go, you know. Yes, he he may be a little bit of headache with the social media and the that whole element of it, but he's so talented that the juice would be worth the squeeze there. Um, and so don't, don't blow the entire budget on that kid. I would also say that if that's something that Tennessee's thinking about doing at the moment, and maybe, maybe that's what me, I, it sounds like it's a situation where it's like, get in your final bids here. Like trying to, trying to like buy a yeah. house. <laughs> it's like, get your, your best and final by midnight. <laughs> Who knows? I understand the culture thing, and I uh, applaud Hypo for it. But at the same time, you still got to have, like, like you said, the best talent. I mean, Georgia is winning national championships with with Stetson Bennett, who can't even stay in Los Angeles right now with the team because of whatever off the field issues he has going on. George Pickens, who was you know fighting dudes on the sideline or squirting water in Jared Garantano's face on the sideline, and getting penalties in the middle of games like it's not always gonna be perfect you're you're putting a roster together of a 100 and 120 18 to 23 year olds we all do dumb stuff at, at that age and it and impressionable and we don't handle things the right way you know some handle things better than others sometimes you just gotta deal with some of that and, and get on the field and let them make them play let them make plays on saturdays i i just hope i, I honestly you know at this point, I don't. If Tennessee walked away from Seaton and went, you know, after that whole charade, we're not, we're not dealing with this kid anymore. Clearly, that's not what happened. If if that report is true, <clears throat> that Tennessee talked to him today, uh, but I, I, I just hope that he goes somewhere else because we made that video about Jordan Seaton uh, a couple of weeks ago, just about that situation and kind of Tennessee getting, getting kind of embarrassed there. And so many Colorado fans in those comments where they were just like, these guys are just haters. They hate Dion and they, they don't even know that he's, he's going to be here forever. He said he would retire it at Colorado, which just shows like I, that was literally a comment that said that if I'm thinking correctly, it said Dion said he would retire in Boulder. And, and you just go, you're not a real college football fan. You're, you're not. Because if you were, you would remember back to, oh, I'll I'll leave Auburn in a pine box, you know? Like, 
you would remember all of these times. Bobby Petrino leaving in the middle of the night. Lane Kiffin leaving Tennessee in the middle of the night. Like all of these things that have happened in college football. And you just look at the way that Dion has has conducted that entire thing. And you just feel like yeah, he's he's not long for Colorado there. He's that's not his that's not his goal. Is it at least it certainly doesn't look that way from the outside. But I so for, for Colorado, I want to just fans, dunk on those Colorado fans. <laughs> for Colorado fans, I think, I mean, obviously you want Tennessee to land Jordan Seaton, but for Colorado fans, I think losing him to Maryland would be worse. That's, like it would be yeah. more embarrassing because at least Tennessee's a national brand. Uh, it's not. I mean, Tennessee has five star guys committed. They got a number one recruit in the country, and Nico that signed a couple years ago. It's there's no shame in losing a five star recruit to a traditional program like tennessee but you lose that guy to maryland and it's like dion like like what are you like, doing yeah they how many recruits do they have in that class i looked at it earlier today it's like six they let me see where was it oh they're not even in the top 50 uh this is just 247 uh dang it where is it you gotta search for quite some time to just scroll all the way down. I literally down there with 98th six commits. They are 98th in America right now. Six commits. Now you're gonna do it on national signing day. Dude, what are you doing? It's not <laughs> I mean, one of them. One of them is Jordan Seaton. What if they didn't have Jordan Seaton? They'd be down there with like D2 schools. Um well, big yikes there, but uh, I will I will laugh and I will happily dunk on those Colorado fans if Jordan Seaton, uh, you know, chooses to not go to Colorado. I will laugh for like an hour about that one. But that uh, that's the recruiting portion. We do have to also talk about the transfer portal here briefly uh, and and talk about the pickup that Tennessee got. What might be coming down the pike in the transfer portal? We'll discuss it right after I tell you about our next great sponsor, Better Help, which uh, I don't have a banner for. Well, look at that. I'm really prepared for the show. That's great. Uh, <laughs> but look, the 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 logo is right down there at the bottom of the screen. There you can see it. That's Better Help. And if you're a Tennessee fan, like Zach and I, you know how many years the Big Orange have shaved off of your life with the emotional roller coaster of college sports. Maybe the roller coaster of life is messing with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals. Regardless, if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human being going through a hard time, therapy can give you the give you tools to approach your life in a different way. And that's where BetterHelp comes into play. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. This is an important mission because finding a therapist can be hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area. BetterHelp's platform makes finding a therapist easier because it's online and remote. BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. Plus, with our link, betterhelp.com slash ATOZ sports, you get 10% off your first month. See a therapist because maintaining your mental health is just as, as important as maintaining your physical health. So this football season, check out betterhelp.com slash ATOZ sports and save 10% on your first month with BetterHelp. Shout out to them. And again, there's the logo right there. And I need to get a banner for them and apologies. <laughs> um, okay, so with the transfer portal, so far, I guess you don't consider the JUCO guys coming through. That's not technically a transfer portal. No. Um, but they... 
They got Jamal Wallace out of out of junior college, uh, who was a defensive lineman. And then they got Jacoby Thomas, who uh, came from Kevin Byard's alma mater, MTSU, over there in Murfreesboro. Uh, he's a safety. Really like that pickup. Holden stays the Notre Dame tight end. We we talked about in the last couple of weeks that we thought it was pretty likely that they might get that kid. That's a great pickup. And then this morning, Jermod McCoy from Oregon State comes to Tennessee um, and and commits to the Vols to play next year. I would say Tennessee is almost certainly not done in the portal. And in my opinion, they need more guys. But uh, what do you think of this haul so far, Zach? Yeah, I mean, you uh, you went out and you addressed a couple of positions that you had no choice but to address. Had they get a tight end with McCallan Castles and Jacob Warren leaving, Holden stays and Ethan Davis would be a pretty nice little combo there. Yeah, and then in the secondary, I mean, you saw all the the losses from the portal, right? That you know, had pretty much the entire starting secondary almost. Got a lot of young guys that Tennessee's really excited about. Josh Heupel reiterated that today that he really likes the athleticism, which is nice because that was that was kind of the biggest thing about this secondary is, is outside of Kamal Haddon, the athleticism just really wasn't there for a lot of those guys. So he's excited about what they have, but clearly felt they need to add something there. Jamad McCoy seems like he could be like a day one starter. You know, Gabe Judy Lally probably not going to be back at Tennessee next season. Uh, pretty sure about that. It seems like he'll probably be an instant replacement there. And then, you know, Jacoby, you can, you can fit him there in the at the safety, one of the safety spots and kind of plug and play type deal. Still got to add some more, though. I think you, you've got to go find an offensive guard. You just have to. Re- would really like more than, than just one, but it's kind of hard to bring these guys in from the portal unless you can say, hey, you know, you're going to compete for this spot. The rest of the line, I, I don't think Spragans has officially said he's back yet, but pretty certain he will be along with Cooper and, and both of your tackles and Campbell and Mincy. You've really only got that one spot up for grabs, so it's it's hard to bring depth guys in uh, at that point. So you really have to rely on your development of your offensive lineman there. And then wide receiver. Obviously, I think you still need to add a wide receiver. A lot of young talent, but we saw this season – how you really you just need that depth i mean the depth got it eroded very quickly this season with ramel keaton moving on yeah that's a spot you have to replace obviously you got dante thornton you got square white and caleb webb and, and Chaz nimrod maybe brew mccoy we'll see kind of what, what what that decision ends up being i don't think anything's quite settled there yet you hope nathan leacock can can develop into a guy but i think you need to bring in uh, another proven guy and they're they're trying to you know they're out there with Chris Brazel, Evan Stewart, you've heard those rumors, you know, that they're kind of trying to lock down one of those, but haven't really, you know, been able to close the deal just yet with either one. Yeah, I, I, you have to wonder if we're seeing kind of the same phenomenon as recruiting in the transfer portal where Tennessee is getting close and these guys are choosing other schools. Obviously, we've all seen, I mean, Ole Miss is cleaning up um, and it's, I don't know. It's it's a different philosophy altogether to just go all in on the transfer portal like Kiffin is doing because his his actual recruiting class is not particularly impressive. Um, it's not bad, but it, you know it's just a, a little behind Tennessee's. But um, you know, I, I think he's really banking on the transfer portal like he did with the whole quarterback situation this last year. They got 
Juice Wells, obviously two dudes from Tennessee. And and it's that that is one way to do it. Clearly, Hypel is not doing that. They're being more selective in the portal. But also, I do wonder if they are swinging and, and missing on guys. I think people, if they miss on Brazel, I think that's going to bother folks. Um, but I, you know, Evan Stewart would be amazing, but that's almost one where I go like, that would be kind of gravy. Um, I think that that would be a really, really great pickup, but I, I just wouldn't call that just a position of need. Um, like, I think you'll be okay without those, but you have real positions of need and, and Hey, you know, McCoy Thomas, or, uh, at, at DB that that's great. You're, you're getting there, but linebackers and, and maybe some interior defensive linemen that aren't three-star junior college guys uh, maybe like there's there's a number of things there that that i think tennessee needs to keep doing and keep working at in this transfer portal for it to be a really complete effort uh and i'm i'm interested to see what they do i'm i'm not going to pass judgment on the on the transfer portal effort yet i want to see who all they pick up I'll, i'll just put it that way i don't have the same kind of concern yet um they're, they're clearly not going to be as flashy as Kiffin in the portal, whatever. Uh, but as long as you, you end up with a nice haul, fine. That's, that's good. And I, I'll be okay with it, but I, I just, they, they got more work to do. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you're going to see them go after like linebackers and some of those positions where some depth would be nice. You know, Hypo was kind of asked about it today. How do you balance not running off some of the guys that you already have? Because if you go recruit over them out of the portal, well, then they're hitting the portal to go look for a different opportunity. And it's, you know, what what have you gained? I mean, we've seen a lot of times these guys in the portal aren't always upgrades. There's only a few, you know, obvious upgrades out there at some of these positions. You know, at linebacker, I think you, you've got Keenan Peely coming back. You've got T. Lander. You've got Arian Carter. You're probably you're featuring those guys. I don't think you want to take a chance on, especially Arian Carter and T. Lander, who I think played really well. You've also Elijah Herring, Caleb Perry. You've got some guys there that you really like. So I think Heupel's just of the mindset of you know at this position, several of these other positions, I'm going to ride with the guys that that we got, that we recruited, that we developed, that we've kind of committed to. I think that's part of that culture thing, but I think he really likes the talent there. Uh, this this is going to be a big year defensively for Tennessee. It's, it's the first year that this kind of first wave of recruits that 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 Tennessee and Tim Banks that they had signed that they're all really going to kind of together step up and play a huge part in this defense. And you know it's going to be very telling if if they don't take a big step forward. And I think you've got to kind of step back and really address some things on, on defense. Cause it's clear that it doesn't look like Willie Martinez is going to go anywhere. And as somebody pointed out earlier in the comments, he is one of their better recruiting assistant coaches. So maybe that's for the best. Maybe it was personnel. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that works out this season, but Tim Banks, if that defense does not make a huge step forward this season, if these guys don't pan out, you know, I think Hypel after 2024, then will have some serious decisions he has to make. Well, I'll ask you this, Zach, and I, yet again, my computer's frozen. I'm going to have to log out super quickly and, and log back in, and I I got to get a new computer. But 
Um, I, I'll ask you this. It's clear now that I, you know, Hypel is not going to make any changes to the staff. I think a lot of people wanted him to do that after this year, uh, defensively, offensively, take your pick. But uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen. What What do you think about that? Do you think that that's because I, I, I it just seems like the, he doesn't fire anybody and it's odd, uh, but maybe he just feels like nobody has has crossed that line into into fireable territory. I mean, what what do you think about that, Zach? I mean, there were never going to be any changes on the offensive side ever. I mean, that's Heupel's baby. He's got guys in place that he trusts to run his offense, that the continuity factor. Unless somebody left for a, a coordinator job or a head coaching job, which was close, Jerry Mack was kind of in the in the mix there at Middle Tennessee. That was never going to be something that would happen. It, on the defensive side, you're right. I mean, we haven't seen him fire anybody, and eventually that's going to happen. I mean, or it's going to have to happen because nobody in the SEC makes it through for years and years and years with the same defensive staff without having to let somebody go. It might be because of the recruiting factor that we mentioned earlier. I think some of that is on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but right now it seems like he likes the culture in that defensive room, which is fine. I mean, because here's the thing. If you, you, if you fire – you know, Willie Martinez was the one this season that everybody wanted gone, right? If you fire Willie Martinez, well, then you and Tim Banks are both pretty much making this higher, and you've both got to be on the same page. And Will, I mean, Willie's a guy that that Heupel's been, you know, committed to. They'd worked together in the past at Oklahoma, and they have a long relationship. It doesn't seem like he's the type that's just going to, you know, turn his back on on that guy, and you know. Maybe that's a flaw of his that will be exposed down the road when he kind of stays loyal to some of these guys when he shouldn't have. Uh, but if you if you fire him, then you and Tim Banks have got to you know figure out a replacement, somebody that you both like. More, most importantly, Banks, but that fits what Hypo wants as well. If you fire Tim Banks, well, then you might have to hire a whole new staff, and that messes with recruiting and some of the relationships you've built. And you don't want to lose Rodney Gardner, right? I mean, that's one of the best defensive line coaches in the SEC ever, you know, in the last two decades. Well, then you're bringing in a new coach and you're saying, hey, we're hire you as the defensive coordinator, but you have to keep this guy. And some people don't take too kindly to that. Maybe it's not their philosophy. I don't know. You know, there's a lot that can go on there. So it's. I think it's going to take a lot for him to fire Tim Banks. And look, the, the defense wasn't uh, – the defense was a problem in games this season. But it was a problem because the offense didn't outscore the other team, whereas last year they did. I mean, the points per game was what, like 21, 22. It was, that's reasonable if Josh Heupel's offense is operating the way it should. You know, Obviously, the quarterback situation, and you didn't get as much out of that as you wanted, that probably put a little more onus on the defense, you know, uh, not playing as well at times and, and not being able to get some of those major third-down stops that were needed. Uh, yeah, I, I also don't feel that strongly one way or another about the, the staff changes. I, cause we had that conversation, like the defense by the stats was actually like a little better this season than, than the year before. And Hypo clearly just plays that, you know, we'll, we'll outrun the bad defense. 
Like, oh, there's well, so many four more three points. and outs too. Like they put so yeah. much pressure on the defense because the offense wasn't able to to stay on the field. Yeah, I mean, it, it was clear that 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 was the the goal, and it worked last year to eleven and two, and and that's great. And then your offense stunk this year, and then it doesn't work. And hopefully, with with Nico back the helm, it, it works again, and that's that's fine. And so I, yeah. You, you don't necessarily want to mess up that equilibrium, but at the same time, if you think that you don't have a real, just like really serious recruiting coaching staff, maybe things do need to be shaken up in that, that way. But I, I, you know, none of us know the mechanics behind the scenes like that and, and what exactly uh, the deal is with every single dude on the staff. So I uh, just take, take it for what it is and and just say well I'll, I'll trust Eiple for now and then obviously if it gets bad enough and it becomes completely obvious I haven't seen anything outside of the the DB play I haven't seen anything that I look at and I just go you gotta fire that guy that had this this is his last day on this staff like there just hasn't been outside of just those particularly bad games with the DBs I haven't seen that much I would say you know some some of these crazy recruiting misses, and then just the how many of them there have been, I wish that they would maybe add to the staff, maybe some, some good recruiters, but I, I haven't seen anything that's just over the top bad like that. Uh, we got a wise guy in the comments right here. Wesley says, Charlie Burris has, and this Wesley clearly missed the, uh, the segment, the, the first segment where I talked about that tweet from last night that I was 100% right about. And I apologize for nothing. And, uh, and Wesley can just deal with it. But he said, uh, Charlie has bad insight on Twitter, doom and gloom, and not actually reading between the lines and forming good takes. Zach carries this dude. Bad takes and hoops, too. First of all, my hoops takes are better than anything that you've ever said, uh, Wesley, which is nothing. So uh, I I can guarantee that uh, because any take is better than the nothing, the no evidence you've ever given me of your takes. But uh, I can guarantee you that I'm 100% right about this with recruiting. And if you think it's doom and gloom, that is what it is. That's your own prerogative. But, um, you know, hey, whatever. If I thought, if I really worried about what people said about me in the comments, I wouldn't be doing this. So there is that. But I, I like, I like when people come in here. Yeah, talk, talk that trash. I, I expected more of this tonight, actually, and nobody showed up. I wanted more people to come on here and be like, you're such a doomer and a gloomer. And then they come on here and they go like, well, actually, Charlie has a point. Oh man. So yeah, Twitter. Twitter was pretty raw. I didn't, I didn't, I kind of stayed off of it for the most of the last couple of days outside of, you know, some stuff here and there, but it has been a, a lot of back and forth of doom and gloom and everything's fine. And like with everything, it's, it, it's, it's in the middle, you know, it's in the middle there. There's good things. There's things that need to be better. It's never as black and white as we kind of try to make it out to be on that website. Yeah. it's, it's a particularly stupid platform that I've I've progressively backed off of more and more because I just I just don't care. Uh I like I like that that one last night. I, I don't care that people are bad about it. I believe in the thing that I said and I don't I don't care. I don't care that you didn't like it. I don't care that you think I'm that I'm yeah. negative sometimes. I don't matter. the the whole conversation, not to get off on this too much, but the whole conversation, like if I'm sitting at a bar having a beer, talking about football with a guy, we're going to go back and forth with some takes that uh, the dude might say something that I think is completely idiotic or, or, or vice versa. I'd say something. 
We're not going to go at each other's throats at it. We'll just be like, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe even not along in agreement. Like, it's never, like, on Twitter where you're just going right back at the person and, like, this take of yours makes me angry. It makes me angry that you feel this. Like, that. that's what that website kind of plays to, which is very annoying. Because nobody's like that in real life. No. N- none of none of it's... And that that's why just over time, like, genuinely, I've just... <laughs> I'll, I'll throw whatever, I'll, the whole thing with, with the Titans early this year. I don't care. I don't care about any of that. Buck Rising went on the radio and and tried to dunk on me for like 15 minutes. He, he gave me an entire segment. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> it, just, it, it just doesn't, it's like, whatever. It's just Twitter. Uh, oh, what Wesley says, still love you. Twitter is a different world. Ball should be a nine-win team. I like what I'm seeing. Good four and five-year guys returning. That's you know that's the part of this conversation that we kind of skipped over. Is those are almost like portal wins. Those guys that you got to come back. The Omari Thomas, the Cooper Mays, the tackles. You know Campbell and Mincy. Uh, those were huge. You know that that don't really factor into recruiting rankings. They don't factor into your your transfer additions, but they kind of are. In a way, you bring him back, uh, Keenan Peely. You know he's gonna be 26 years old out there, hitting 19 year old running backs or something. You know it's it's those are huge additions, even though they're they're guys already on your team. But but getting those those guys back is is massive for this team next season. Yeah, the put the pushback that I saw on that was that oh, it's great that you're bringing those guys back, but should we be celebrating that you're bringing guys back from an eight win team? And you didn't bring so, all of them back. You, the whole secondary is yeah. gone pretty much. And that's what everybody complained about. We liked the defensive line play. We loved what we saw from Keenan Peely in his one game against Virginia before he got hurt. Uh, Campbell, Mincy, they played well. They battled. I mean, those dudes battled. They were banged up all season. And they were out there as much as they could be. And Cooper Mays, you know how important he is. Not only do you get him back to you know run the offensive line again you also get his mentorship in that room which clearly is needed because there was a a big drop off at center this season so the guys you got back i think you're the right guys to get back i, I still think tyler Barron would have been a, a positive player to get back but i also think at some point you go through that every single off season it's like just whatever you know go go find what you're looking for because it, it doesn't seem like it's here um but yeah i mean i it's not like you're bringing every single one of those guys back. I mean, you're bringing back the guys that you think could help you. Brew McCoy. I mean, you, if if he comes back, how how huge would that be? I mean, his blocking on the perimeter clearly was missed. Super valuable after he left. Uh, when it's third and six, and you can throw a ball out there to him, three yards behind the line to gain, and he's going to get those three yards somehow. It's the closest thing to Juwan Jennings that you've had since Jennings left. So it's. It's about bringing the right guys back, and it, it seems like they are. Yeah, I I get what people are saying when they say, oh, well, why would you want to bring guys back from an 8-4 team? But I, oh, and Luman says, I'm out of here. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Luman. Even though you're, even even Vandy fans uh, should have a Merry Christmas. Uh, <laughs> but um, but I, I, I just look at that, and a, a lot of these young guys should get, better you kept the older guys that were good a lot of them not every single one but a lot of them and and overall i think yeah they were strategic with 
with uh, who who came back and where they they kept those resources. So I'm I'm fine with that. I'm not going to be that cynical about that. And just be like, oh, it's an eight win team. Why would we even bring these guys back? Well, some of the why would I bring Cooper Mays back? <laughs> Probably because who was going to play that position if he's not there? But I mean, what I what I do fear thinking about it. This is a complete other conversation that'll happen way later. But uh, so many of these guys are going to be like fifth and sixth year seniors what happens a year after that's that's a different conversation well eventually this whole covid year thing is finally going to be done for everyone and we won't have 25 year olds playing quite as often oh yeah i i say hopefully but i do i do like how much senior leadership there's been and how many guys you can bring back uh but hey i mean yeah that's huge really confusing you get Keenan Peely another year of helping Arian Carter and T Lander and, and those guys develop. I mean, stuff like that's invaluable. You know, it doesn't show up yeah. in the box score, doesn't show up in the wins and losses always, but it, it's pretty huge for them. Well, we got <laughs> we got to move on. We're already over an hour, and we still uh, still got two segments left. Although they're going to be uh, probably shorter here. Um, let's talk a little bit about Joe Milton maybe opting out of the bowl game. Um, seems like. Maybe something has turned there. Maybe not. Let's discuss it right after I tell you about Zen Sports. We have been telling you all season long about Zen Sports, the new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee. But we're excited to share some more big news. When you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no danger first wager. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to $1,000 maximum if that bet loses. But there's even more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. The VIP program will allow top-tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. And it is by invite only. So if you feel that your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, check out the program at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals like Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports betting just got better. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 or older in Tennessee to bet. Zen Sports, shout out to them. So there has just been rumor flying around on different message boards from different insider people and then from folks on Twitter speculating. I think the the consensus is that the Tennessee fans would like to see Nico play in this game and be the starter. But I, and, and a lot of people have been saying this part too, I think it goes further than just being like, oh, I want to see the, you know, the number one player from the last recruiting class finally play for us. I think it goes further than that in that you would get him invaluable experience against a good defense. And it would just be kind of a a nice setup, a nice preparation for next year to have the offense play with Nico and have the other guys around him. Maybe some of these young dudes um, get a chance to, to play with him and just basically have, have your first game of next season now. (laughs) <laughs> you know, more or less is it, that's kind of how it can end up being. Um, but what, what has been uh, flying around about that situation? Do you, do you think we'll see Nico Zach? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure Nico will play. I think I think they know they have to get him in that game, even if it's not a blowout. But with the Joe Milton stuff, I don't think anybody is for sure what's what's going to happen right now. I know Austin Price went on the radio this week and said that he doesn't think it's crazy talk that that Milton could choose to not play in that game. Uh, for Milton, I don't I don't think he's going to raise his draft stock or hurt his draft stock by playing in that game. I think it would probably be injury would be the biggest thing that you want to avoid. You're this close to the combine. Milton needs a good combine. He didn't like he was fine this year, right? Like he didn't he wasn't bad. Uh, he didn't throw a ton of interceptions. He threw a few. But he didn't put up the crazy numbers that we thought he could and like getting that Heisman conversation either. Like he was okay. And he has these physical abilities. There's a chance, you know, a, a team's probably going to take a chance on him in the NFL. I don't, I don't know if he'll late round draft pick. I don't know how that'll go. It's still kind of early to know what the draft boards will look like. But if he goes to the combine and he runs really well, he throws really well, we've seen in recent years how combine testing can just cause a prospect to soar. Like So Milton needs that. Uh, that would be the biggest reason you'd sit out of this game is to not put that in jeopardy. Because, I mean, look, you're one snap away from being out for three months and not being able to go through any of that testing, and then you've really put yourself in a in a tough spot. At the same time, I'm sure he wants to play in Orlando. It's where he went to high school. He's from South Florida. would be a really nice way for him to kind of end his college career right where it basically started when he was being recruited by Michigan and, and some other big-time programs. So I can understand how that's a tough conversation for him or a tough decision. Sounds like he has been going through practice. So, you know, it, it's not like it's a for sure thing. He's not going to play, but we don't know for sure that he, you know, will play either. As far as Nico, I mean, the best thing for this team in 2024 is for him to play against Iowa and, and to play the entire game and to take every snap and be the first time that he kind of prepare. I know you say you prepare as a starter every week and that, and that's true of any good quarterback, but there's definitely a different mindset when you know it's you. There's a different sense of urgency. Uh, it's it's a different type of preparation. It's just, it, it's the real thing. And that would be huge. He needs to play in that game. And, you know, I've heard people say, well, it's a tough defense. Why would you want to throw him out there against that? I'm like, well, that's, that's what you need to do. Like, you need to see what he has. He's essentially, at this point, he's essentially a sophomore. I mean, I know he's going to be a redshirt freshman that season because he didn't play in enough games, but He's essentially a second-year player. He has been with this team for a full calendar year at this time, at this point. He went through Orange Bowl practices. He was in Miami with the team. He went through spring practice. He went through fall practice. He hasn't dealt with any injuries that's caused him to miss any time. He's a second-year player at this point. So, like, he's he's got to be ready to go. And I think he is. I think Josh Heupel thinks he is. I don't think there's any concern about that. Uh, but this is, I mean, this is when you've got to kind of get him out there and look, this doesn't, this doesn't count towards 2024. Yeah. You want to win this game. You should win this game. Nico should be able to operate the offense at a good enough level to outscore Iowa. Uh, it's not, it's not going to take a lot of points. I don't think to beat them. So this is, I mean, it's a perfect, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a perfect situation for him but at the same time i understand the loyalty to joe milton i understand josh hypo not being like hey we don't want you to play in this game like i don't i don't want hypo to handle things like that like there is a human element to this it's college football it's 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 what we all cheer for but we're on our couches you know watching this in the stands watching it these are the guys living it day to day that that have real relationships with each other that 
they're going to have those relationships forever. You hope like you want your, your head coach to, to have a relationship with your quarterback 30 years down the road, because that's what, that's kind of what Tennessee is about. You want to see those guys back and you don't want to see that bad blood. Uh, but you, you kind of hope that maybe Milton does make a decision for himself where it's like, Hey, I'm going to go prepare for the draft. No hard feelings, you know, let's let Nico kind of do his thing and then get a head start on his career. Yeah, it's tough because I I really like Joe Milton. He's a really good dude who who stuck around Tennessee and was more loyal than anyone that you see at the moment in, in college football. I mean, sticking around behind him and Hooker for multiple years like that, really putting in his time until he finally got that spot as starter and and really, you know, kind of soaked it in. Uh, behind hooker and and just was a really good sport through all of that finally got his time to shine um also like i i say all of that and i go i i think it would be better for tennessee's football team for him to not play in this bowl game and and i i kind of hate that but it also it is what it is i i'm just i'm thinking forward and I think most Tennessee fans are, are thinking the same just from what I've seen. Um, really, really like Joe and and have really appreciated him. And it's, you know, it, it I I think people compared Joe to Garantano to Joe was in my opinion, Joe was better than Jared Garantano. Um but oh, it, yeah. it was similar it was similar to Garantano, where when he finally transferred out, he went like, Yeah, young man, I I get it. You know, you got you got beaten to hell here and and you went through the absolute ringer and you stuck it out and you played hard for this university. And and that's that's awesome. And and we'll appreciate that. And thank you. And now it's time for somebody else. Like, it's just it's just that two edged sword of that situation where it, it feels a little cold to be like that with Joe right now and to be like, please just let Nico play. Also, I, I, I think it's just the best thing for this team to have that happen just long, long term and to just get that show on the road. And, and maybe it's the kind of to your point there. Um, maybe it's the best thing for him too to, to prepare for the NFL is to just skip it. But obviously we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I still, I think he's going to play. I think he'll play in that game. Uh, my gut says that he probably probably will play. We should know by I think we'll know by before Christmas. I would uh, maybe maybe Friday because I think they leave to go to Orlando the day after Christmas and to, to practice down there a couple of days before playing. You know, next on New Year's Day. So I, you would want that decision made by then because you have to game prep. I'm, I'm sure there's kind of a deadline on, hey, we got to actually, you know, they're practicing right now, but you got to start your your Iowa prep the week before the game. So I would bet in the next couple of days we probably hear something. Probably. So we'll see. Um, talk about it next week. And, uh, yeah, we'll do all of that then. And let's finish with this. Uh, according to Wesley, I have bad basketball takes, but I'm going to uh, still give them here on this show. <laughs> let's let's finish with a little bit of basketball talk right after I tell you about Rattle and Snap Tennessee Whiskey. Nothing goes better with a Tennessee sports victory, like hopefully the one that we see in the Citrus Bowl, than a great whiskey. And I'm talking specifically about Rattle and Snap Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey. 
Logstill Distillery has released a new Tennessee whiskey product line called Rattle and Snap. Rattle and Snap is a whiskey for those who make their own luck. There's a four-year and an eight-year version. We, we've had both, and I've shown both on this show. They're so good, and they go great cocktails, great neat in a glass. And uh, you should go get your hands on a bottle in stores across the state of Tennessee, but they're also available in Kentucky, Indiana, and Mississippi. Run! Don't walk to get some Rattle and Snap whiskey for those Tennessee sports victories. Follow Rattle and Snap on Instagram at Rattle and Snap Whiskey. Shout out to them. Now let's finish with this. Basketball uh, played NC State at 10 p.m. in San Antonio. Uh, I don't know who came up with that plan on a Saturday night. <laughs> um, I <laughs> I actually had it was kind of perfect uh, over the weekend. I had stomach flu, which was really fun. I highly suggest never getting a stomach flu. Holy cow, that was torture. Um. But, you know, I was just home. I wasn't off doing holiday stuff like I probably would have been otherwise. Um, and so I I watched it. But I think for other people, I mean, just the middle of Christmas, 10 p.m. on a Saturday, like what a weird time in San Antonio is strange. And it felt strange. Dalton Connect played so bad. He played worse than I probably thought it was possible for him to play. That was kind of shocking. Um. And, and just the, the whole set of dudes for Tennessee, it was just off. At the same time, Josiah Jordan James is having himself a season. And he really looks like the five-star senior leader that we thought he was always going to be. It seems like he's finally coming into that, that sort of final form <laughs> that we've been hoping for. And hopefully it continues. And then Sakai Ziegler, man, I think he got a swagger back a little bit. And, and again, hopefully it continues going forward. You got to get consistency out of all these guys. But, uh, it was a fun game. Tennessee pulled it out. Ultimately, you know, they, they led for essentially the entire game. It, it, it got tied in the second half, but it ultimately, it really wasn't that much in question, but uh, did you watch this game, Zach? Yeah, I thought it was kind of a, it was a good win. The type of game you kind of need after you've had that kind of weird stretch at the end of November, not a, you know, top team you know, top 10 team that you're beating, but at the same time, a competitive game, physical game. Yeah, they drop there and win on a night where, where Dalton Connect couldn't, you know, kind of take over and, and lead you to a win, like you said. So I thought it was the type of game that makes you better, like moving forward. Like it's the type of game you can take something from and be like, okay, we can win these types of games, uh, especially before you get into SEC play. Uh, thank goodness, you know, they got this long layoff after uh, they played whoever tomorrow night tarleton state yeah <laughs> they're all for like uh, what, almost two weeks basically thank goodness they get to play norfolk state before they open conference play because i always hate those layoffs i feel like that's when you play your your worst basketball and if you start back with a conference game that's usually not 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 good you know not a good chance of winning those games typically at least it, it seems that way so glad the schedule works out like that but i just thought it was a a big win just to show that you can you can still go out there and out physical a team and, and win when, you know, your main guy's not going out there and just having an absurd night dropping 35 points or something. Yeah, it's it's the exact type of game that I I love. I love a win like that. Yeah, it's not great that, that Dalton Connect played that way. Again, I, I I genuinely think that that was worse than I thought he was probably capable of playing. Uh, and that's not great, but I would say get it out of your system now and – you know, save up all the good stuff for league play and for the postseason. Um, 
but you know, on, on a night when it was just a disaster for your best guy and, and some of the other dudes on the team to Adu had a poor game. Um, you, you found a way and that's a It's such a coaching cliche, but it's, that was a character win. It, it just was, <laughs> I, I, I hate that. It is cheesy for sure. It was a character win. And, and you, you really find out who your team is in a, in a game like that. When, when the, the chips are really down and you go like, okay, our best guy's not showing up. We got to And it, it, he, I mean, he was not showing up to the point where Barnes just yanked him or Barnes was like, okay, your night's done. You're not playing anymore. And he had to just go sit on the bench for a huge portion of that game. And, uh, cause he, he was, he was not just not playing well. He was hurting the team when he was out there turning the ball over and just not playing great defense. And so I, I love that, you know, get connects, uh, head screwed back on straight here for for your games coming up and and i'm i I am still very excited about this team i think there's so much potential and i think your your national pundits think that too tennessee ranked again in the top 10 this week and that there's a lot of belief in this team uh across not just local media and fans like us but but nationally too i think you you just watch this tennessee team and you go like they they got the pieces they do. If if they do plays at the top end of his ability, if, if a, wa- a walk had a great game and really rebounded well uh, in San Antonio, you know, if, if he plays at the top end of his ability and then you add and connect and then you add in ZZ and Vescovy and all these dudes, they just come at you in waves and they just have a ton of talent. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. They're, they're going to finish um, the, with only three losses going into conference play. And then you got to play Old Miss, who who has been getting so much hype. They're they're one of the only undefeated teams left in America. And then you look at their schedule, and the best team that they've beaten is uh, Memphis. Yeah, Memphis. That's that's their best win. They did beat. They also beat NC State. Um, and Memphis is certainly not bad, but it was in in Oxford. Uh, or what was it? Yeah, it was in Oxford. It looks like. Um, but that's, that's going to be a good game and we'll kind of talk about that probably next week. Cause it's not till the new year. And, uh, I think that might be that, I guess next week's Christmas. I don't know when we'll do the show. Probably when maybe even Thursday, which will be our pre the pre bowl game show. In fact, I think it's going to have to be next Thursday. Um, because I know my own schedule and I, that's, that's the day that's <laughs> going to have to be, unless, unless it doesn't work for Zach. We'll talk about that off air. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there you go. Let, let's for now, let's play it on next Thursday for this show. We'll, we'll reconvene then. Uh, anything else for the, the folks at home, Zach? No, that should, that should about do it. I'm sure we've, we've taken up quite a bit of, of their time at this point, but appreciate everyone <laughs> sticking around and, and listen to us go on about some recruiting stuff. Yeah, even uh, what <laughs> was it? A I think it's a Donald Trump tweet from like y- years ago. Where well, it had to be years that, ago. I don't. He's still not. Well, right. that's true. Yeah. yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't tweeted in however long. But it was like like 2015, I think. And I I used to retweet it every Christmas day if I'm thinking correctly. And it was like <laughs> Merry Christmas to everyone, even the haters and the losers. Oh yes, I remember. Yes. <laughs> And I, I used to retweet that every year because it just made, it just made me laugh. And that's that's my sign off for tonight because uh because of uh 
Wesley there even well he he did say that he that he still loves me but uh yeah. I'll I'll say merry christmas everybody even to the haters and the losers <laughs> um Charlie Parr, Zach Reagan thanks so much uh to everybody for for tuning in um yeah we couldn't do this show without you uh, it just uh means the world as always even even when you come on and tell me I got bad takes, it's that's okay. Uh, we we appreciate that too. But everybody, Jason Troy, firefighter, Wesley Luban, uh, Vol Slim, Jimmy, uh, everybody hanging out tonight. We couldn't appreciate it more. That's it for us. And we'll talk to y'all next Thursday. See you guys later. <laughs>